The Advanced Route is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. Emery Hunt and I are about to get into football and fantasy football here on the Advanced Route. You guys have been listening to us all season. You know that Emery and I love football, but we love a lot of other things, and we can find outlets for those things on game time. Concert, theater, whatever it might be, you can find it on game time. And of course, you can find all sorts of sports, not just football, but the NBA, the NHL, college basketball underway. Maybe you want to go to a college football bowl game. You can find tickets for all of that and more on game time. The game time app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the game time app in the Google Play or App Store and score last minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. Hello, everybody. What's up? Welcome in to the Advanced Route Week 15 of the NFL season, the semifinals of most fantasy football leagues. We are starting to get a whole lot of clarity in the NFL and most fantasy football leagues down to just four people remaining. If you are listening to this, we hope you are one of those four in your league. I am Michael Beller, joined as I always am by Emery Hunt. And Emery, I'm going to take a little second to pat ourselves on the back. We are uh, nominated for a uh, Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association Award for this show here. So uh, congratulations to you. Congratulations to us. Winners stay winning, right? You know, <laughs> so I guess we give great information. The fans love it. They continue to listen and support. And that's how we get nominated. I don't even know how we get nominated, but I guess that's part of the reason why you got to be good at what you're doing. And I think we are really good at what we've done this year and hopefully we'll continue to do so moving forward. Definitely. Yeah, we uh, appreciate all the support we get from all of you guys out there. Obviously, uh, we couldn't do it uh, if there was no one on the other end listening to this. So we appreciate it, whether you're listening uh, on The Athletic as a subscriber or in iTunes, Spotify, wherever it might be. We really do appreciate you uh, choosing to spend half an hour, 40 minutes a week with us as we talk about football. Uh, you can follow Emery on Twitter at FBallGamePlan. You can follow me on Twitter at M Beller. As always, we like to mention you can still get 40% off a subscription to The Athletic if you are listening in the free universe by going to theathletic.com slash the advanced route. Of course, the fantasy football season is winding down. I can tell you about a couple of basketball podcasts that we have going here at The Athletic. One, a fantasy basketball podcast called Dunks and Dimes with Brandon Funston and Eric Wong. And then another that I am working on, college basketball. No fantasy, this just straight college basketball called Miles Moore Madness. Uh, Tim Miles, the former coach at Nebraska, and C.J. Moore, one of our great college basketball writers. Those two guys captain that podcast. So go ahead. If you're a basketball fan, check out either or both of those. I do not think you will be disappointed. And please do subscribe, rate, review. It does help us out here. It helps us get those FSGA nominations. So again, thank you very much for uh, the contributions you have made as listeners. And uh, hopefully we can give you two more good shows before we pack in the advanced route for the 2019 season. Emery, we've got uh, these last two shows divided up as um, sort of a one more show where we're going to give some hard advice for the uh, games to come. And then next week, we'll kind of take a look back and a look forward at the same time. So the advice we're going to give here for week 15 
has to do with all the injuries that we're seeing across the league and the doors that that has opened for running backs who could still play big fantasy roles, guys who we really weren't talking about just a few weeks ago. The first one who I want to talk to you about is DeAndre Washington. At this point, the Raiders are 6-7. and seven. They're two games out of a playoff spot. Realistically, they're not going to make the playoffs. Of course, you know, crazy things can happen, and they could have a bounce here, a bounce there, and they'll find themselves playing for a playoff spot in Week 17. But most likely, this is going to be a team that has to be happy with a better-than-expected 2019 and take that momentum into 2020. With all that said, it also is, means that they're probably not going to rush Josh Jacobs back. Josh Jacobs has been playing with a fractured shoulder for basically the entire second half of the season. And, and uh, at one point, that made a lot of sense when it looked like their playoff hopes were a little bit more realistic. Now, with the likelihood that they will not be making the playoffs, we're going to see plenty of DeAndre Washington, just like we did in Week 14. He had himself a big game in Week 14 in the loss to the Tennessee Titans. When you look at DeAndre Washington, what sort of player do you see? Do you think that he can repeat that Week 14 performance over these next couple of weeks? I actually do. When you look at how he runs, I think him and Josh Jacobs do a lot of things similar. I think Washington may be a little bit more explosive, uh, but Jacobs has put together a fantastic rookie season, over 1,000 yards, I believe. And a lot of it has to do with, obviously, their skill set. But quietly, the Raiders offensive line has done a great job, too. So we got to give those guys credit. I know that was a big question mark coming into the season. How well will they block up front? They've done a good job there. So it makes the transition going from Jacobs to Washington uh, easier. And I think he should have some success as well because of his skill set has a little bit more burst. So he may see a chunk player, too, uh, given the the volume that he's going to get. So I would trust him moving forward. Yeah, 14 carries for 53 yards and a touchdown in that loss to the Titans in Week 14. But the other side of his stat ledger really does jump out as well. Got seven targets, caught six of them for 43 yards. We know that that's something that the Raiders didn't really ask of Josh Jacobs in his rookie year to be a receiver. Maybe that changes in year two, but it wasn't going to change this season. Well, DeAndre Washington, that's something that the Raiders have always asked of him, to be a guy who can catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, what do you look at? What, is there something different with him compared with Josh Jacobs uh, when with their receiving skills? Or is this just something that they can rely on him more for? I think it's a little bit of the latter. I was shocked that Jacobs wasn't utilized more in the, in the passing game. I thought that was one of his strengths coming out of Alabama. I thought that's why he kind of wanted him in the first round where people were talking about him going in the first round was because, okay, he can bring to the table a lot of what you're seeing in a passing game and a lot of what you want to see from your tailbacks today, something that would make you a first round pick. And the fact that we hadn't seen a lot of it, um, you, you kind of had the expectation that this would be John Gruden's version of Charlie Garner. Um, but it hasn't transpired that way. He's just been more of Josh Jacobs, to be honest, which is a great thing. He's his own player. Um, so I'm just, I just think that Washington has a little bit more experience in catching the football. So, at, at that point, they just feel, hey, we can trust this guy a little bit more. He's been doing it essentially uh, for two years, so we'll just let him continue to do that. Instead of expanding one guy's role on the fly, we'll expand it in the offseason, then going into next year. Charlie Garner, man, that takes me back. That's like the very beginning of my fantasy football days right there. <laughs> that was a good player, man. It was, <laughs> you know, it was fantastic with both the Raiders and the Bucks, and also with the Eagles. Yeah, yeah, he was uh, he was a fun guy. It's like I think of him and Garrison Hurst, right? As like when I very first started playing, Mike Anderson in Denver, 
as are like uh, those guys who just bring me right back to like being a freshman in high school and playing fantasy football for the first time. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. I like to I like to reminisce a little bit here, even though we're talking about uh, what's happened in 2019. DeAndre Washington. Now, what's going to be happening with him in Week 15 is an excellent matchup with the Jacksonville Jaguars. This was something Brandon Funston and I talked about on uh, this week's episode of Wire to Wire. Over the last five games, the Jaguars have allowed five 100-yard rushers on the ground. They also allowed a 100-yard receiver, that being last week, Austin Eckler got them for 100 yards plus both on the ground and through the air, had that big 84-yard touchdown reception. Uh, it's just a team that has been absolutely crushed by running backs of late. They've given up 10 touchdowns to running backs in those five weeks. Uh, Emery, I mean, when you when you look at the Jacksonville defense, uh, is there something different about them of late, or is this just a defense that is falling apart as the season wears on? I think it's a defense that's falling apart, man. And you, you would have thought that this would be the – the linchpin of their season, they could hang their hats on their defense. Fournette looked to be spry in the early parts of the season, has run well throughout the season. So you figure, okay, run game, defense, stable, quarterback position with Nick Foles should help this team get into the playoffs. Hadn't transpired that way at the quarterback position. Their defense gets a huge blow uh, prior to the season because of Telvin Smith retiring. Um, And that took a lot of speed off the second level, a matchup player uh, at the second level. And it kind of weakened their defense to a certain extent. So we just hadn't seen the same Jaguars defense. You lose Jalen Ramsey. You're not going to get better when you do that. Um, So, again, this defense just hasn't been the same. And those are two of the reasons why, in my opinion. DeAndre Washington, someone who was picked up in some leagues last week, will be picked up in every league uh, this week, wherever he is available. We talked about the Jacksonville matchup in Week 15 being great. Week 16, Oakland goes to L.A. to take on the Chargers. Emery, in my circles, in pure fantasy circles, DeAndre Washington is being bandied about as a potential league winner. Is that a little too optimistic, or can he be someone who gives you 100 yards from scrimmage and a couple of touchdowns each of the next two weeks? Well, you have no choice now. It's the, the end of the season. That's you kind of you need that to happen, right? Uh, so, I mean, yeah, it's possible. The Ra- I think the Raiders have put themselves in a in a hole uh, to where they, you know, at one point we thought this was going to be, uh, you know, the you know, a playoff team, and it just kind of, you know, like you said, they're better than expected. So they're going to be in a situation where he's going to get it's the game script or game flow that people like to say in fantasy circles. He's going to be a direct beneficiary of that. Uh, he's your third down back that's going to be your starter. So the screen game is there. The downfield passing game is there. Your simple uh, swings, flats, and flare routes are there. Yeah, I can see him getting over 100 yards of total offense. Maybe not two touchdowns, but I, maybe one. But I think he can be enough to where he can help you as an RB2 in your in your leagues. Yeah, it's going to be someone who, uh, if you pick him up, unless you are super deep, maybe you're picking him up as a block. Uh, you don't want someone you're playing to be able to grab him and start him against you. But uh, uh, definitely someone who, even at this stage of the season, can fly right into fantasy lineups. So let's take a trip across uh, San Francisco Bay, Emery, and talk about Raheem Mostert. Uh, first and foremost, is he the best back on that team? I think so, man. At the end of the day, you just have to recognize who's a better, more consistent player. And health has a lot to do with that. Every time you look up, Moster is, is a guy that's just doing it against very good defenses, the Saints, the Ravens. Um, you know, he closed out, I want to say, that Packers game really well. And he's always ready to go. And all of their backs are built the same way. We talked about this before. All of them about that 5'11", uh, 
uh, you know, 195, 200-pound guys that have blazing speed. But Moser seems to be the guy that has crawled up to the top of that power rankings or pecking order, I'm sorry, in the backfield. You know, Breida, you, you don't know how healthy he's going to be throughout the season. Same with Tevin Coleman. All these guys have those fast guy injuries. Jarek McKinnon, unfortunately. Uh, man, we forgot about him. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, imagine if he was there healthy as well with this offense. So there's always been a ton of speed in the backfield. But Moser seems to be the most consistent guy. And that's the one that you should you should depend on. I like him more so than uh, DeAndre Washington or anybody else that we're going to talk about. Because Moser seems to be the more consistent, uh, more game-breaking type. Uh, and one that's liable to have the two touchdowns that you're looking for. Yeah, I agree with you completely. Uh, if I could have any one of these four guys uh, in Washington and two more that we're going to discuss, uh, he would be the one who I would want. Of course, at this stage of the season, you got who you've got. Uh, but uh, Raheem Mostert, to me, uh, another guy who's a, a total game breaker, someone who could carry fantasy owners to championships. The one concern, of course, is the fact that Tevin Coleman's there. Matt Breida's there. All three of them are healthy right now. I think Mostert is starting to take command of the backfield. We saw it last week, getting 10 more carries with everyone healthy, getting the two targets, scoring two touchdowns on just 12 touches. Uh, But we still have to be concerned about Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida taking away touch volume, don't we? Yeah, but at the end of the day, this guy finds production. Um, And he's a guy that doesn't need much to really get the job done. Imagine if you had Austin Eckler. And on one play, he pretty much puts you in a good position mm-hmm. to get a, a lot of points in, in your fantasy uh, matchup. That's Moster uh, to me. I think he can be that same guy because of what he brings to the table. And they seem to go to him in, in crucial situations, and he gets the job done consistently. If you were handicapping those three backs uh, going forward for the just the short term, the remainder of this season, how would you do it? I would Moster over everybody else. And then, oh, and then Tevin versus Brita. How do you think they're going to be able to work those two guys in alongside Mostert? Probably Brita more so than Tevin. Um, so it, it would probably end up being Mostert, Brita, Brita, and uh, Coleman. It's crazy the uh, the running back talent that that team has amassed in uh, such a short time, too. It's crazy the amount of explosiveness and speed they've amassed. Uh, more so than the talent. These guys are talented, but... To ha- you you usually only have one explosive guy in your backfield, but they have four uh, if you count the injured Jarek McKinnon. And, you know, when you combine that with the explosiveness they have on the outside, that's why you like San Francisco on offense because everyone is a legit game breaker uh, out there you know, at the skill positions. I mean, it's remarkable. Was anyone even there three years ago? I mean, throwing in obviously – uh, uh, Emmanuel Sanders wasn't. Debo Samuel wasn't. George Kittle was the 17 draft, right? Yeah, I think so. So, right. So, know, I mean, it's like Kittle's like the longest tenured guy on this team, and he's been right. there for three years. Him and Bourne, you know, yeah. Kendrick Bourne. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's just crazy. Um, looking at the, the remaining fantasy schedule for the 49ers, uh, they're home both of the next two weeks. They play Atlanta and the LA Rams. Uh, what do you make of those matchups for Raheem Mostert? I think that, like I said, he's the guy that you want to depend on because he seems to show up each and every game. I think we all like the uh, the Atlanta matchup. Is there anything about the L.A. matchup that gives you some sort of pause just because of the athleticism of that team's front seven? No, nah, because speed, you, you sometimes you could beat speed with speed, and he has a ton of that. So I don't have a problem with him facing a defense like that because he has that you know, the the athleticism, the explosiveness that can get him pr- productivity. 
You could have said the same thing about the Saints defense too or the Ravens defense, and he had a lot of success against those. And the numbers speak for themselves, right? Last two weeks, uh, looking at do some quick math here, 29 carries, 215 yards on the ground, a couple of catches for 40 yards and three touchdowns. So we're talking a guy turning 31 total touches into 265 yards and three touchdowns. I don't care who you do it. I mean, he did it against some tough competition. I don't care who you do it against. You do it against NFL competition. Give me the two worst defenses in the league. And you deserve a whole lot of looks going forward. So I do think Raheem Mostert is going to be that guy for the fantasy for uh, the 49ers and for fantasy owners. A couple of other guys uh, who we're talking about don't have quite nearly that ceiling and both uh, having the door open for them for uh, various contrivances uh, happening with their teams. The first is Adrian Peterson in Washington. Darius Geis, man, you got to feel for him because he was really starting to show what he can be and why he was the 59th overall pick in the 2018 draft. And then another knee injury. This guy just can't catch a break. Adrian Peterson steps into the breach, gets 20 carries for 76 yards and finds the end zone in week 14. Got to believe he's going to be the guy for Washington the rest of the season as they play out the string. Uh, they live in the NFC East for the remainder of the fantasy season at home with games against Philadelphia and the Giants. What do you expect to see from Peterson these next two games? A lot of carries, man, because at the end of the day, you feel bad for their position because you talked about guys. They already have – they drafted an injured Bryce Love. You go back a couple years, they had Keith Marsh out of Georgia who couldn't shake the same knee injuries. Uh, He was super explosive and and had a lot of promise as a prospect coming into that program. Always been snake-bitten at that position. And and uh, in this one, you do need Peterson because you want to run the football with your rookie quarterback. Obviously, that's what they wanted to do uh, with him and Geis. But the problem you're going to see is that Peterson just doesn't have that same juice anymore. And you see it when he tries to cut back. So the carries are going to be there. I don't know how much yardage-wise he's going to get, um, especially against the Eagles. Maybe he'll find some success against the Giants in their run defense. But with the injury to Geis, I think that weakens Peterson's ability because now you're going to have to count on Peterson and have to give him more, which takes away from the development of your rookie. But I think Peterson just by sheer, uh, you know, where he is now in the, in his tenure, it just, it just doesn't, you know, excite you as a, as a, someone that owns him in a fantasy league. Yeah, I guess the one thing that you do lean on is is what you said with the volume. Uh, the carries have pretty much been there for him all season. If you go back to week six, he had 23 carries against Miami. The next week, he had 20 against uh, the 49ers. He had 14 against Minnesota, 18 against Buffalo, uh, 20 just last week against Green Bay, 13 carries the week before that against Carolina. That, of course, playing alongside Darius Geis. So volume really hasn't been an issue. And in the fantasy game, we're not too concerned about Uh, how pretty it is. We just want the numbers to be there at the end of the day. Can the numbers be there against these two teams? I know Philadelphia has been stout against the run this year, but if Adrian Peterson gets, they just force feed him 18 carries. Uh, Can he turn that into 60 plus yards and a touchdown? Um, you, I don't know. I I, I say (laughs) he has a better chance against the giants. Maybe not, not the Eagles. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the that Eagles defense obviously has been uh, much tougher on the run than it has uh, been on the pass. We've seen that pretty much week in and week out. And, you know, your exasperation, I think, is uh, even without uh, even without an answer is is just uh, shows you where people are with Adrian Peterson and uh, the, the, the sort of risks or the sort of moves, the, the decisions that have to be made uh, at this stage of the season. Week 14 was absolutely brutal uh, for injuries at both running back and receiver. And you're going to see people reaching two players like Adrian Peterson, even though maybe, maybe they wouldn't want to like Deandre Washington, who I think is in a better spot than Peterson. Uh, would you agree with that? Uh, Deandre Washington, probably a better play than Adrian Peterson in general. Absolutely. And yeah, we discussed that. Yeah. Washington has burst. He has the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, they trust him a little bit more in the passing game than they do Adrian Peterson. Absolutely. All right, just one more guy I want to touch on, and I think he's more in the Adrian Peterson realm of things. It's Patrick Laird, <laughs> certainly a guy that we didn't expect to be talking about just a few weeks ago. Uh, but hey, you get uh, you get 15 carries, you get five targets, you get consistent pass game work. You're going to be talked about in fantasy circles. Doesn't really matter what team you're on. That's what we got with Patrick Laird. Uh, last week, he had 15 carries. Those 15 carries I mentioned, the five targets uh, the week before, same sort of work in the passing game, scored a touchdown on the ground. He's going to be the guy in Miami. My question to you, Emery, is what does it mean to be the guy in Miami in the backfield? I don't think it means much of anything. I, I just thought last weekend was you know a good weekend for him, help contribute, but I think that's along the lines of what we're going to see versus the Giants and Bengals. I don't see Laird being like this game breaker having a DeAndre Washington day or uh, Moser or even Peterson. I just think what we saw is what we're going to see. And if that's okay by you, then it then that's fine. But I just don't see him being anything more than what we saw last game. For people who maybe aren't familiar with his game and are who are being forced to dive in on him in week 15, what kind of a player is Patrick Laird? He's one of those guys that, you know, he's a good special teamer. Um, he's a... I hate to use the cliche, but a one-cut downhill guy. I uh, has some good acceleration, but for the most part, it's just a just an okay back, which is fine, uh, which is why you like him on special teams. But you know, he has been getting a lot of a lot of buzz and a lot of talk uh, amongst uh, folks that this is a guy that's going to be, you know, here's this is a the guy they should start. This is a guy that should, you know, um, be their guy, be their lead back. But nah, they shouldn't have got rid of Drake um, mm-hmm. if. Uh, homeboy didn't have mental issues and go off the deep end. Uh, he was going to be their guy, um, the the kid from Miami that they that they ended up cutting, uh, University Walton. of Miami, Mark Walton. And then you know they never really liked uh, uh, the kid from Arizona State. I, all these names I have in my head, I just keep forgetting. Uh, Kalen Balaj. Yeah. Um, so they've gone through what four backs before they got to Laird. Yeah, that tells you all you need to know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Teams tell you by the by the way they acquire guys, by the way they uh, treat guys before they have to uh, buy into them. Right. They tell you a lot about what they really think of them. I think why people in the fantasy world get excited about Patrick Laird is because we love pass catching backs. Right. And he's got uh, over he's only played five games this season. In those five games, he's got 19 targets. Uh, he has five plus targets in three of those games. So you can see where people would get in on him in the fantasy world. But speaking as someone in the fantasy world, even the most optimistic of backers doesn't think Patrick Laird is really anything more 
than RB30, RB28, something like that. Um, you know, no one's trying to say he's a top 15 back all of a sudden because he's got uh, the, uh, the a line on a, on a big role in Miami's backfield. Uh, it's just uh, it's an opportunity thing, and it's a fact that he is going to get some looks from Ryan Fitzpatrick in the passing game. Um, with, with Devontae Parker potentially being out, do you think that helps Patrick Laird's fantasy bottom line, hurts it, doesn't have an impact? Uh, what do you think there? I, I don't. I don't think it has an impact. You know, I, I do believe people in the fantasy world view every starter as, you know, Maurice Jones Drew in his prime, or you know, Julio Jones or Randy Moss. Like, listen, just because he starts doesn't mean he's a factor. Um, and I think we see this a lot in the fantasy world. Everyone just gets overrated because they're going into the lineup. When, to me, and, and I'm trying, I'm skating around. Obviously, the more blunt way to say this, but, you know, Laird is is just starting because of where they are in that depth chart, mm-hmm. where they are with injuries. If he was that big of a factor, he would have played a little bit earlier. Um, super, you know, uh, jumping over all those other backs that we named. And at the end of the day, man, it's just like you're dealing with Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's going to push the football downfield. He doesn't hit checkdowns anyway. So I, I just see him again having the type of day that we saw him had have last week. He hates checkdowns. Ryan Fitzpatrick has never exactly. met a checkdown he wanted to meet. It's touchdown <laughs> to checkdown. He's working, he's working, you know, top to bottom. He's not yeah. working bottom up. Um, you mentioned the, the two opponents and, uh, you know, pretty nice cushy schedule for Miami the rest of the way at the Giants and then at home against the Bengals. Uh, do you give these guys any boost because of those two matchups? Nah. Talent's just not there? It's just it. I mean, I don't want to lie to the people and, and get their hopes up, and they spend a lot of money on Patrick Laird, and he produces like he did last <laughs> week. I mean, just it's just it is what it is. Yeah. Hey, man, that's why that's why we love you on this show. There's sometimes you, you you know I can't manufacture analysis when I've said it all. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> sometimes it just that's the. The takes are the takes, you know. So, sometimes Patrick Laird is just Patrick Laird, right? Period. And there's no knock to him. Yeah. It's just that that that's just, you know, at the end of the day, sometimes Patrick Laird is just Patrick Laird. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, if that's not a perfect way to end this episode of the Advanced Rod Emery, I really don't know what is. We're going to call it right there. Thank you again for listening to us here on the Advanced Route, not just this week, but all season. Uh, you know, we were uh, patting ourselves on the back and having uh, having a few laughs at the start of the show. But, uh, you know, we love getting uh, kudos in the industry, and we know that it wouldn't be possible without all of you out there listening. So truly, we really do appreciate it. Even though we can't see you and you can't see us, we know you're out there. And it really does mean a lot to us that you choose to spend some of your time uh, every single week with us talking football, listening to football, talking about this sport that we all love. So really uh, yeah, heartfelt thank you uh, to all of you for listening to us this season. And for me to you too, Emery, this has been, it's been great working with you. I know it, it sounds like I'm wrapping us up for the season. We do have one more show left, but uh, it's been it, it's been great. It's been a privilege being able to do this show with you every single week, my man. Same here, man. It's always a pleasure. And, you know, it's just been awesome to see how this thing started from an idea to where we are now and how it's been received. I'm excited to see, you know, how this thing ends and where it goes moving forward. I think we have something special. Yeah, me too, man. It's going to be, it's been a great 2019, and I think it's only going to get better in 2020. Of course, 2019, not done just yet. Emery and I will be back with you next week for one more episode of the Advanced Route. Until then, have a great week. 
Good luck in your fantasy football semifinals here in week 15. Hopefully, Patrick Laird doesn't have to be someone who you lean on this week. For Emory Hunt, I'm Michael Beller. Thanks again for listening. Have a great week, and good luck in week 15.